Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk
Another Tuesday. Yeah. Oh, you got me in here. You got me going here. You know, you had you had you had you had you had the muzzle on me for a minute. You know, I was about to go off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You had the muzzle. You had the muzzle on me. You had me. Had me just going. But I'm feeling good. You know, you you just re, re, you released me. You know, uh, M just came out with a new album and feeling good. You know, you know Midwest is back in the game. Detroit's back in here, so I'm feeling like, you know, um, you know, I, I see my Pistons is trying to round things out. They got a ways to go, but I can't wait for them to yell that Detroit basketball. So I'm just, you know, college basketball is off and jumping. So you know, this is this is like, you know, you and I talk about this is like the this is like Christmas for like six months for us. You know, Word. we we get on the air and there's always a story. Uh, from yes, this point sir. on until we hit that dead time, but I'm in love with it. Absolutely, and you mentioned you mentioned your boy Slim Shady dropping an album, and you you were pretty you pretty high on this one, huh? You you like this, well, one, you, this new Marshall Mathers LP too, huh? Yeah, you know I'm I'm feeling what I love about it is M understands the that you know even this age of you know, iTunes and individual hits, he still understands the the, 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 the idea of putting together an album. You know, it, it you know, he, he, we went back and forth that even the lost art of the skit. You know, uh Dre and um made that, you know, uh, an, an important feature back in the day. That was big in it in like in how that can tie your album together. And just, you know, some of them old school things and in, in the way he's going in lyrically uh, you know, in his in his, his usually reflective way, uh, but he's also pushing the edge. You know, I, I I'm feeling where he's coming from with this. Yeah, yeah, he uh, he, he I, I always have respected M's uh, ability as an MC. Um, as I said over text, you know, he's always been a, a, the rap version of Tim Duncan, as far as I'm concerned. Respect his game, definitely hold him in high regard. But as far as uh, stylistically, he's just always left me just – it's just never been really my thing. So, you know, that's how I feel about Slim Shady. Definitely respect the skills, though. Let me bring in my uh-huh. man. Go ahead. No, no, I, I think you hit it right on the head. I'm, I'm, we'll we'll leave it for uh, 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 another segment that we might do. Yeah, uh, I love yeah, it. We, 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 we I love it. I love it. I love it. I love yeah, yeah, we go, we gonna roll, we gonna roll with that one day and, and really flesh that out a little bit. But I, I, before we get really get into the nitty gritty of what we have in store for you here on Real Sports, guys, I gotta bring in. We have a special guest. We're bringing him back, folks. We're bringing him back. He was walking off the stage. We put the cape on him and he threw the cape off, and he's back in the house. We got the hammer. Hammer and Hank is in the house representing Ann Arbor. How you doing, Hank? Hey, I'm doing better than my maize and blue is doing. You know, fellas. So glad to be back on the air with you, you know, where there's, where there's never an off season. I appreciate it. You know, I heard y'all go a little bit about uh, Eminem, Marjorie Madison, Slim Shady. But see, I'm SOS, so that's strictly old school. So, you know, I just got to let y'all have that conversation all to yourself. <laughs> that's all right, though. We're glad to have you back, man. Glad to have you back in the fold. True RSG fan right here. Uh, Hank is in the house. So he's going to carry this out with us um, and, and roll with us through this show. This portion of the show is called the intro to let them know is where we give you a quick rundown of what we have in store for you tonight. We're going to first get into recapping all of the action from the NFL Week 10. Uh, we're going to get into 
the ever-evolving Miami Dolphins situation, which culminated, well, not necessarily culminated, but continued its downward spiral last night uh, with a loss to the lowly Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So we're going to talk about this whole situation with the Dolphins. There's so many layers, so many puts and turns to this story as it evolves, as it has evolved even since the last time we were on air. It seems like it's been a long time, but it hasn't. All right, then we're going to hit you with our impressive performers from week two, guys who made a major impact in week, I'm sorry, in week 10 um, and really carried their teams uh, over the top and really made a major contribution last week. We'll hit you off with that in, with in impressive performers. And then we're going to hit you with a new six in the chamber. We're going to update the standings. Somebody had an undefeated week. <laughs> Somebody went undefeated. One of us went undefeated. We'll, we'll, we'll lay out who it is when we get to that particular segment, and then we'll hit you with our Week 11 picks. Again, we'll do four NFL games, two NCAA football games. Then we're going to talk some NBA basketball. Um, we're going to hit you off with a five, with addition of the five on the black hand side, NBA style, and then we'll close out with our Resistance Digital Dogs of the Week. Again, The Real Sports Guys is brought to you by Resistance Digital. Make sure you check out the guys at resistancedigital.com to get all your digital needs met at a low, low price. They will not try and upsell you on technology that you don't need. Make sure you hit up my man, Larry Randall, a.k.a. the one and only LR. He keeps the lights on in, 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 in here. Again, you know, I always say, D. Wills is like baby. He's like slim in the background, keeping the lights on, keeping things running. He holds us down, so make sure you check him out at resistancedigital.com. Now, fellas, let's get down to business, all right? NFL. Week 10, Miami Dolphins, they go out, lay an egg uh, last night against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, giving Tampa Bay their first win of the season, and they look fantastically terrible doing it. Um, They look like they're falling apart at the seams. Now, what has them at this point? Well, first off, they don't have 40% of their starting offensive line, with Richie Incognito being suspended indefinitely, and you have Jonathan Martin, on leave from the team, receiving uh, psychiatric treatment right now, uh, not psychiatric, but psychological treatment um, to help kind of get his emotional state back in order. So you, you're losing two starters on your O-line. You go in against a, a weak team, and you get, to, you, you get your head knocked around a little bit. Now, since we last left our listeners, RSG fam out there, since we last left you all, uh, this situation has taken many turns. Um, now there are uh, there's stories coming out that the front office played a much larger role in this whole situation than was first led on, um, which is something I think all of us, uh, between myself, PhD, and D. Will, kind of hinted at that you know this is football, and somebody upstairs knew about this. Somebody upstairs sanctioned it. You know, he is a part of he was a part of team leadership. Somewhere along the line somebody upstairs knew about this. And so it seems to be that there's this weird dynamic between Incognito and Martin where there was um, Incognito was assigned to kind of toughen Martin up. I'm using air quotes, you can't see that because it's just radio, but I am using air quotes. Uh to toughen Martin up. Um he was viewed as a guy who wasn't um locked in all the time, wasn't uh, mentally always ready to get after it. 
not quite buying into everything to the culture of the Dolphins program out there. And so Incognito was given the charge of bringing him into the fold, toughening him up, making him a Dolphin, so to speak. Um, sometimes you got to be careful who you assign certain uh, tasks to. And it seems like the Dolphin brass didn't really do their due diligence in finding the right cat to be able to carry out this assignment of toughening up Jonathan Martin, and things went sideways. Um, and as things continue to come out, I think there's going to be more light shed on the nature of the relationship between Incognito and Martin, a lot of conflicting stories around their relationship, whether it was a big brother-little brother relationship or whether it was a bully-victim relationship. There's, a lot of, there's not a lot of clarity around, really, the nature of who they are in respect to one another. So you got all of this, fellas. You got all of this. It's very confusing. Very confusing. A lot of cloak and dagger kind of stuff going on. D. Wills, I want you to weigh in first. What's your impression of this whole situation? And in particular, the role, I want you to talk about the role you felt management played and the role that they should have played. We know they handled it wrong. So explain why it was wrong and then give us what they should have done to make it right. I mean, you know, you know, as long as we know the game, you know, whether it's management, players, leaders on teams, you know, they do identify players that they want to have them go to the gauntlet to see if, you know, they got it to make it. They want to, they want before they get on that field and play, they want to know, you know, they, you know, they want to test them in a way I heard somebody describe before the other team sniffs out that they're not a strength. And so the way in which people have approached this over the years, there have been a lot of different ways in which they've done it. Um, but I think the problem that Miami has, I mean, I think uh, Ireland just has issues, right? You know, we remember, uh, was it with Des Bryant? I mean, this is a guy who just in the combines, I mean, he's seen as a person that's just been an issue. So it didn't surprise me that he was somewhere in the middle of this, given his record. And, um, you know, we all know that there's nothing that goes on in the locker room that somebody in management and head coaches, they either know or they don't know about. So to kind of coming out and saying there's no way we didn't know was was the bad move up front. And so how did they handle it? Well, they handled it poorly when they first put Richie Incognito in the leadership team. They, like I said last week, they did that as a way to, they thought, would neutralize it. By putting him in a leadership position, they thought that that would really pressure him. We do this a lot. We, we push in a lot of different spaces, in education, uh, in others. We, we, we take that person, we put them, because that sense of responsibility is something that might hold them. But then, so they had him here, but then when they needed to address something, they pushed him back into the thing that is like his, is like his crack. Like they put him in a space that he's already demonstrated he can't handle. Right? They knew they knew he had no control over that type of stuff. You know, they didn't give him a responsibility that would allow for him to more hone his leadership skills. They put him in the stuff that is built his reputation. And so, you know, it's obvious that this isn't something he decided on his own. It's obvious that there are other people who were involved in it. We know that that in the locker room there are things that, you know, people on the streets just can't comprehend. 
And and I think as fans, we got to be okay with that because there's certain things that just happen in the locker room. But the level that they oh, but hold on, I want I want I want to I want to I want to push you on that point. Do we have to be yeah. okay with that? I mean, do we have to well, accept this idea that locker room culture is like way left? Well, I I, I would say that I, I would say that you know we all lived in the locker room, and there were things that we did in locker rooms that you could not tell anybody you did outside of it. You know, it's just it was, it's a different kind <laughs> of culture. Right? This is true. It's, a, it's, a, it's a different kind of culture. And to even make sense of that to a person who's never been in a locker room, it would be hard to even explain when you spend that many hours with people. You know, part of it's just boredom. Part of it's to make it interesting. Part of it's to get you through the middle of the season. There's a whole bunch of things that happen that just kind of keep life in the locker room different. Usually it's pretty fun in games and people, it doesn't really go that deep, you know, for most locker rooms. Every once in a while you, you do have that person that's got that crazy in them. You know, football is going to be a sport where you're going to have some people that if they weren't playing football, they probably would be in jail. Like we all knew those players. And it was football that actually kept them in control a little bit. It gave them a little bit of control and aggression. So I think that's something, you know, do we need to evolve? Yeah, we need to evolve. But some of that stuff is hard to, to police. Uh, in a locker room when, when the kind of mentality you got to have to prepare, at the, particularly at the NFL level, there's a certain mentality you have. And getting there, there's a lot of crazy stuff to get people into that space. So I don't, think that, I don't think that's something that, you know, it's hard for people from the outside to understand. However, there is this culture about there are people who are very much about policing the locker room and really understanding when things hit the line. And I, I think – in, in Miami, clearly, and I think part of the rallying around each other, that people knew they, they probably should have stopped it earlier, but now they're going to cover each other's butt. And uh, we're never going to really know the, the, the full part about it. But the other side of this is that we need to assume that a lot of these, a lot of players, you know, you, you and I have been around a lot of players. We think that these kids, for some of these people, this is a way out. And so part of why people put up with a lot of stuff in the league and stuff like this because this is what they know they can do. It's like that scene from Friday night, you know, where it's like this is all I know how to do. And so sometimes people put up with stuff. But this young man is an interesting young person. I believe, you know, both his, I don't know if his parents or someone uh, were Harvard educated. You know, for some kids yep. who come yeah. through, this, this, is, this is, they did this for fun. Like it's clear to him that this wasn't the only way he could be successful. And so his, his ability to put up with stuff, is not the same thing as most 87, 80%, 90% of the people in that room, of which if they weren't doing this, they really would try to figure out. They wouldn't, be, they wouldn't have a sense of what else they would do. For him, he probably all, this is something he did because he liked, but I don't know if he sensed this is something he always had to do. And so you, he has a different mentality about how he's going to deal with this kind of stuff. And that's the part that it would be interesting how when somebody has this kind of social capital, in their ability to, to tolerate. It's not really a thing that they sense that they don't have to put up with it in a way because this ain't all I have to do. And, and that's right, and we've all had those guys. Yeah. yeah, we've all had those guys in the locker room. Hank, I want to bring you into the conversation. How would you how would you approach dealing with a guy who had that, possibly come from that angle that Jonathan Martin comes from? Because we've all had those teammates where they just don't seem to be quite buying in um, to the team culture, to the team atmosphere, to some of the activities. They kind of have this above it all, 
Like, ah, I'm, I'm, I'm not going, I'm not going to engage in that. And you know that that kind of you know this is a vibe killer. You know, for lack of a better term, the, the vibe killer kind of guy. And right. How would you deal with that? Well, see, this is the thing, okay, and this is what I'm looking at is the eyeball test here, okay, that this cat did not fit in, period, all right, and when you listen to what the what the players are saying, it sounds to me like, you know, they were they were pretty fed up with uh, Jonathan Martin's act, you know, and that's why they chose to put Richie Incognito with him to toughen him up. They wanted to see him, you know, take a swipe at him. They wanted to see him be a bastard, and they wanted to see him be a bastard in that locker room. But what he did, and I can tell you this, just from what I'm looking at and what I'm seeing, what the players are saying, what, you know, the only one that seems to be truly appalled about everything that's going on is the owner because his investment looks terrible right now. You know, Ross was trying to get a meeting with Jonathan Martin and get to the end of this. But the thing that I've been hearing from the other offensive linemen, the other players, the reason why they're so vague is because, you know, for lack of a better word, it sounds to me like Jonathan Martin was a punk in that locker room. Now, you like that or you don't, but, you know, you said it too. You know, in the locker room, you know, either you're a man or you're a mouse. And in football, you've got to trust the guy next to you. Now, do, does it make it right in society? Absolutely not. In society, absolutely not bullying and everything else, but where we always mess up is we try to put, you know, everyday society into what happens in a professional locker room, okay? And you can't do that sometimes. There is a reason. You know, there are guys in the National Football League that, you know, if you don't trust the guy next to you, it could cost you your job. It could cost you your career. I mean, you know, your your physical career and stuff, and there was something about this guy that was soft. If you, all you have to do is listen to the players around him. You know, uh, was Richie Incognito a bastard? He absolutely was. I mean, they had to hide an assault charge that he had, and you know. But there's a reason why they put him there. Okay, he was a he, he was a crackpot. He was nuts, but he fired up that team. And when he's not there, they they they're, they're flat as pancakes. So how do you deal with that? A strong question. But see, not being in an NFL locker room, you know, you got to know the guy next to you is as tough or as physical. And if he's not, you know, that 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 reflects on the entire organization, and that's why the entire organization looks bad trying to cover this because they needed to toughen this kid up, and he wasn't getting it done. And you know, you look at it on the other thing, and ask yourself this: Now, y'all, y'all, we, y'all, we talk sports every week. Ask yourself this. What did you think about Jonathan Martin when he decided to leave the team and go run home to his mama? Just, just ask yourself that. Is it in the <laughs> Just, I mean, ask yourself that. Did you can't? I mean, be real. Did you not scratch your head and say he did what? He did what? Things he could have done. What? You're making multiple million dollars. You are 300 and something pounds, okay? You play on the offensive line, a starting offensive lineman for a professional football team, and somebody says a couple of foul things to you, and what's your move? Now, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to sit here and profess that he didn't have problems or anything like that, but given what we're talking about here, given what we're talking about here, 
Okay, you sitting on your couch with a couple of cold ones with the fellas sitting around, y'all talking smack about y'all team, y'all got fantasy uh, football leagues and stuff, and somebody uh, look up and you find out that the starting guard for your team decides to run home to mama because he feels like he's being bullied. Now, and I'm not, like I said, just think about that a minute. I mean, so... How would you handle it? I think they did what they thought they were supposed to do. They got to talk to him up. But it's not, it's not uh, like I said, it's not rocket science, but, you know, the eyeball test don't look good. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and where, I think, where I think the situation starts to, cause that, that, you know, my initial thought was, was something along those lines, like, really? Really? Y'all two grown men. Y'all, y'all working mm-hmm. out. When it's kids. When it's two kids and one kid is bigger than the other kid or there's a power, one kid's more popular, all that kind of, I, I, I see how that plays out. You know what I mean? Look, I, I'm on the side about, of the victim look, in that situation, for sure. But yeah, in this situation. you a kid that, a seventh grader, that's getting bullied on his way to science class, okay, now we've got a problem. And that kid runs home to mama. Now you've got something. You're talking about a grown man that's three bills, Okay. You're supposed to be able to defend yourself. Okay, what the hell kind of real type of, uh, um, you know, bullying are you supposed to be getting at that size? It doesn't make sense to the common man. It doesn't make sense to me. You know, is it right? Is it wrong? I'll tell you something. If you talk to anybody, uh, they're going to all say the right things to the media, but you talk to anybody in those professional locker rooms. There's a heck of a lot that goes on in there. We will never find out. And this ain't going to change nothing. The unfortunate thing is hey. is that the Miami Dolphins will probably get fined and sanctioned and some everything else for it. But, you know, it's a man's game. If you can't be a, if you can't be a man, you can't play. And, and that's where, it, and, and, and as this week has kind of gone on, that's where I began to understand where Jonathan Martin was coming from a little bit more. I, th- I don't think it was him and Richie. Honestly, I don't think it was about that. You know, I don't want, I don't, I, the bullying word got thrown out early, and then the story took off. But I don't think this was an example of bullying as we think of where it's me and you one-on-one. I think this was a concerted organizational push on this kid and dude folded. And whether he should have folded or not, you know, I'm all about mental toughness. And I don't think, you know, I, I think you try and rise above that. He obviously isn't capable of that. For whatever reason, whatever issues Jonathan Martin has, he's not capable of rising above the situation. But I think, you know, Incognito got a bad rep because it was made about him. You know what I mean? When this was right. from upstairs, and I think that's, that pressure and feeling like nobody in this environment has my back is what made Jonathan Martin buck when you really think about it. Because you're right. It doesn't make sense for a grown man to run away from another grown man in any way, shape, or form. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That just doesn't jive with, with how we understand the world. But once you start to think about the management knew about this, the coaches knew about this, and the teammates also, there were other teammates who I'm sure were also supporting Richie and kind of like, yo, you got to get tougher. And, again, we all have been in that locker room with that one guy who we just felt like, yo, man, you just got to get it together. Like, you're just not with us on this, man. Like, you, you don't want to run the extra lap. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to. You want to carry the bag. You know that freshman that don't want to carry the bag, and it's like, cool. You don't want to carry the bag. That's fine. All right. You know what I mean? But now you that now you're on the outside. You you out of the circle. You know what I mean? Right. And we've all dealt with that guy. So you try to figure out how to get that guy to 
look, man, you got to come on and be a part of this, man. It's not that bad. What we're asking you to do, you may feel like you're better than it, but it's not that bad. You know, and that's who Jonathan Martin was. He was that freshman that didn't want to carry the badge. You know, he was that freshman that didn't want to get the donuts. You know, he's like, why do I got to do this? Because you're a rookie. That's <laughs> all. All we're doing is asking you about the donuts, man. <laughs> you right. know, eat the donuts, donuts, and, and, and this is a part of the process. And I think he probably busted that. And then, you know, there was probably some other stuff in his play and how he interacted with teammates where people was like, yo, what's up with this guy? And the organization, again, stepped in and was like, look, we need to get this dude on the same page. We need him. He's a second-round pick. We can't just cut him. So we got to bring him into the fold. Richie, good job. Now, I'm sure at some point Martin felt like, yo, man, everybody's against me because he probably has that kind of a mentality. So there, I think the average cat probably wouldn't have, wouldn't have handled it this way. I, 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 I'm pretty sure that most guys in that locker room wouldn't have handled this situation this way. But they found that one dude who was, and I don't want to use fragile because that makes it seem like he was weak. He just wasn't built for this. He wasn't built like that. And, you know, you run across those cats who just aren't built for it. You know, again, we've all been on teams with them. And what works for the, for 95% of the locker room, he's in that 5% where it doesn't work for him. And I think that's where Martin fell in. Sound like you had a thought, Hank, jump right in. I was just saying that, you know, I, there, there's, there's two things in any sports, on any sports team, there's two words that, that you cannot use when you describe your team or you when you describe a player, okay? The one word is choke, and the other one is soft. And if you are perceived <laughs> to be soft, yep. you are not going to get the respect of your players, not, uh, of your teammates. Now, I'm telling you something. If what yep. we're saying yep. is true, if there's even a, a, a hint of, okay, this was a concerted effort, by the entire organization, then what does that tell you? That tells you that the Miami Dolphins thought this young man to be soft, okay, and yeah. they were doing all they could do to protect their investment because being a second-round yep. offense, we had to tighten, we had to toughen this guy up. So what they do? They went and got the biggest bastard on that team to make this boy retaliate if he would, and if he mm-hmm. did, were on the right, they were they were going down the right path. He ran, he fled. He cried. He went to get therapy, okay, which for society is probably a good thing. For an NFL football team, it is not. For an offensive lineman, it is not. For a locker room, it sure the hell ain't right. He can't play for the Miami Dolphins, and I'll tell you something else. He may not play for anybody else. Well, that's, that's my next question. So I want both of you guys to weigh in. I wanted Devon to go first, then Hank, I want you to jump in with your response. And respond to this question, both of you. Who are you taking back, um, Richie Incognito or Jonathan Martin, if you're the Dolphins, right? And I'm the, not not the management. You're a player in this locker room. Who are you bringing back first, right? And not oh, not, not, on the PC, not on no PC tip, no PC tip on. We try to win football games. Who are you bringing back first? That's the first question. Oh, I want you, that's the first it, question I want you to respond to. Hold on, yeah, hold on, yeah. hold on. Okay. Hold on, hold on, D. The second question. I want you to respond to is if the Dolphins don't bring them back, if you're another team, which of these two do you bring in? All right, so go, D. Well, look, NFL is, 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 as they say, not for long, and you need cats that got nasty attitude. So incognito is somebody you bring back. You know, at the end of the day, cats like that will find jobs because he's controlled his behavior enough 
to really focus on being a good football player. He's not the he's he's had his outbursts, but he's he's figured out how to really make things happen on the field. And and folks like like getting the battle with a guy like that. And he's somebody who's gonna find his way as long as he don't have a sanction from the NFL in any which way, he's gonna find his way onto a team. Because some people need nasty players like that. You know, even after all I said last week, he's the one you're gonna bring back. Because you know if you get in a battle, he's gonna be right there. Jonathan Martin got too many question marks about it. Um, in terms of other teams that might take him, you know, it'll take, uh, when people talk about today, it'll take someone like Harbaugh who knows him, who, who coached him, uh, or, like I said, like Luck, you know, someone like that who played with him, who knows what buttons to push and they know how to bring him in. He's got some level of talent. His big issue is he's second generation, a little too sophisticated at times around this stuff. And so... You know, he, he didn't have that really dog attitude. And you can tell from Ireland, Ireland, when he got the call from his, what, his agent, he said, why don't he fight? So that tells you that that was what they wanted you to do. That's what they wanted him to do. And he obviously didn't do that. So I don't see the Dolphins or anybody bringing him back. Incognito is going to find a job. Yeah, I'm a, I'm, I'm a Hank. What's, what's, I'm, I'm waiting to hear. What, what, what's your, well, what's your I, verdict? I don't care. Like I said, this ain't rocket science. You know, first of all, uh, I don't think that the Dolphins are going to uh, – they, they might be forced to do something by uh, by the league. But listen, this was sanctioned by the Miami Dolphins. So I look for Rick Cognito to be just fine. On the other hand, I, again, you know, if we're sitting here talking about it, if you are a GM of any of the teams in the NFL, and I don't care if you've got, you know, two toddlers – and a and a, and a geriatric man on a on a walker as your offensive line. You're not going to take Martin. Why? Because he's soft. He has been labeled as soft. And look here, the guys are not going to say it, okay, to the media. They can't. Okay, they got to be very PC with their statements. But I'm telling you right now, every man to a man, they're like that mug is soft. I can't believe he ran to his mama, dog. Can you even went home with mama? <laughs> I can't, just, can't play with him. Can't do it. <laughs> so no, it's gonna be somebody might take a flyer on him, but but he's got to really, like you said, even Harbaugh, because see Harbaugh got other men in that locker room too, and see you know Jimmy, okay Jimmy knows, yeah. okay, but this is an NFL locker room. Somebody gonna to try to pump him, and if he runs again, Jimmy can't defend that. So you know it's not he doesn't even have that safety net. So I, like I said. His struggle is uphill. He needed to man up. That's you know it ain't it may not be fair, but it's what he needed to do. All right, so that that's the RSG verdict on Cognito Martin on this whole Dolphin situation. You know, I think some man some heads are gonna roll. I think you said that you said it yourself, D. Some heads are gonna roll um, in management. But yeah, I mean at this point, when it comes down to playing football and, and pure football, which is what they're in the business of. Incognito was in line to get a job first. Uh, mm-hmm. And Martin's, Martin's got some things to work out. If you're going to bring him in, you have to be conscious of who you're dealing with, what kind of player you're dealing with. And if you have the infrastructure, it's almost like you're taking on a Pac-Man Jones, almost. Mm-hmm. You know, one of those kind of guys who you have to have the support network in place for him to be successful. And so for Martin, things don't look so good. I think Incognito is going to come back from this. 
Um, but I think Martin is going to actually have a tougher road because, you know, you bring in incognito and you just don't put him in a leadership position. <laughs> don't ask him to tough anybody up. And you got, you got your bases covered right there. You see what I'm saying? With Martin, there's a lot more getting him to play at a high level. As a coach, you it's like, do I got time for this? Right. You know, effort is effort and attitude and intensity is something you don't have time to coach as a coach. You want to focus on technique, X's and O's, that kind of stuff. You don't want to you don't, you don't want to have to motivate guys to just like be engaged. That that's 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 not ideal. That's not ideal at all. And so I right. think Martin actually has a tougher road to climb to get back into uh, a position where. He's a viable asset to a team. So I want to transition, and let's move into our impressive performance from week two. I mean, not week two. I keep saying week two because it's the number two in our recap process. And so I mean week ten. I, I got to get my mind right. It's been a long day for the game changer, but we're going to get it together. All right? So the hammer, I want you to start us off. Well, you know what? was impressive. You know what? There was a lot of performance. You know, I, I, you know what? I would be remiss if I didn't start with Drew Brees, okay, and and the New Orleans Saints. I mean, not only did they put it on uh, Dallas, you know, the game was over at halftime, man. They set an NFL record with 41st down. 41st down! <laughs> I mean, that's some teams don't get 41st downs in a whole season. You know, they whooped, they whooped Dallas so so bad that Jerry Jones came out and said that it was a bad idea for him to fire uh, uh, Rick uh, Ryan, you know, uh, the, the defensive coordinator for the, for the Saints. Now, that's a bad butt-whooping right there. So that, 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 was, that was what I would call you quite impressive. All right. So we got, we got Drew Brees. And that, and that was big for the Saints. Um, that was a statement game, uh, particularly for, the, for, for that team and, and, and for them getting to where they need staying competitive. Um, and staying at the top of that NFC South with a hard-charging Carolina squad that's coming up on them tough. Carolina's coming up tough. You know what I mean? Atlanta's down. Um, Tampa Bay sucks. Um, But Carolina (laughs) is pushing. Um, And so, you know, the Saints needed that victory. On the flip side of the coin, you got Dallas. And Dallas is going to beat Dallas, man. And this is what they do. They look great for a two-week run, and then after that, they go back to doing, which is losing games in fantastic fashion and just making all types of mistakes and shooting themselves in the foot constantly. D-Wills, you was, you was kind of, you've been kind of high on Dallas, and Dallas still is in a position to win their division, but that NFC uh, East is, is looking real bad right about now. You know, Dallas is tied at 5-5 five and five with the Philadelphia Eagles. And the Giants and Redskins at three and six are still within striking the striking distance of making a run in this particular division. So, hats off to New Orleans for getting the game they needed to get. And Dallas does what Dallas does, which is fail when they need to step up. Uh, D. Wills, who's your impressive performer from Week Ten? Well, I wasn't gonna go with Breeze for all the things he said, but I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna diversify a little bit. I, I have two actually. Uh, Ryan, Rob Ryan actually should, should, be, should be one of our impressive performers because his defense has been doing some things, uh, and what they did to Dallas' offense was incredible. But 
I'll go with my uh, my guy, LaShawn McCoy. Yeah, you know, uh, at Green Bay, he had 155 yards. He averaged about 6.2 yards per carry. Um, he just he didn't get a, he didn't get he didn't get a, a a TD, but what he adds in terms of his running game and the way he's been performing, I mean, that opens up so much of their game. And a lot of times, you know, you're hearing you know um, a lot of credit that um, uh, Foles is getting and things like that. But LaShawn McCoy is just he he causes defenses to really have to respect him in the way in which he's just he putting these yards together. Um, you know, he's kind of sometimes feels like he's working under radar in a sense. But this this guy has been having an excellent uh, season. So um wanted to kind of – it's one of those things that you might not look at, but I, I, like, I like what he's doing. Yeah, and, and that Eagles team is fighting. Um, unfortunately, we may have seen the last of Michael Vick. Nick Foles still has not thrown an interception, 16 touchdowns to zero interceptions. Mm-hmm. Um, LaShawn McCoy has definitely proven to be an asset to him, um, allowing him to kind of uh, fit in with that system. Um, Philly, you, you, I mean, Dallas is ahead of him. You, and yeah. Dallas could fall at any moment. Um, so going into Green Bay was a big win for that Philly squad. They needed it, kept, kept pace in their division. For Green Bay, man, they're in a tough position, man. They had to roll out Scott Tolzien, who, for Wisconsin fans, that is not a good look. <laughs> when he graduated from Wisconsin, you pretty much were, you pretty much had thought you had heard the end of Scott Tolzien. That was the last time you had ever heard of Scott Tolzien. You feel me? And to have him show up on the NFL roster, not only as a backup, but as a starter, is a scary thought. So things mm-hmm. are looking very bleak in Green Bay. Um, my impressive performer from from week ten is Cameron Newton. Um, shout out to Cam. He went in to the Bay and came out with a victory. He has his team sitting at six and three, uh, in the front running for a wild card spot and still in the chase to get into their divi- uh, to win their division. They're a game back of New Orleans. They're on a they're on a five game win streak, and it wasn't a pretty win. It wasn't a big gouty numbers day for Cam. It was a day where he went out, he brought his hard hat, his lunch pail, he went to work, his team went to work. It was one of those ugly games that you got to win. Good teams win those ugly games, and Carolina went in and, and won, and he led them to that victory. So he was my impressive performer, not because of what he did statistically, but because he led his squad to a victory in a tough environment against a very good squad in San Francisco. And right now, the NFC is looking really tough. I mean, you have Seattle sitting at the number one seed. You have New Orleans at a two. You have Detroit at a three, which I called at the beginning of the season. That I felt like Detroit had a chance to win that division. Um, and it's been injuries. You know, it's been injuries that has them where they are because of injuries to Cutler and injuries to Aaron Rodgers. But nonetheless, they're in first place right now. And then you got whoever wins the NFC East. And then you got Carolina and San Francisco as wild cards. That's scary. (laughs) And depending on how soon Rodgers gets back, you could have Green Bay fighting for one of those wild card spots. That is a scary. That's scary. That that's 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 a gauntlet to go through to get to the Super Bowl, 
out of the NFC. So the NFC is real tight right now. What are you guys' thoughts on the NFC right now and the competitiveness of the NFC, Hank? Well, you know what? I think you, you're looking at the haves and the have-nots, okay? I think when you're looking at New Orleans, when you're looking at Seattle, you know, you've you got a couple of teams right there that, you know, just could beat anybody in the league. Okay, then after that, you're looking at a couple of teams that, that, that are up and coming, and you, you, they, they've got everything in place. It's just can they do it like the Carolina Panthers. Carolina has got everything you need, you know, to, to make a Super Bowl run. They've got the dynamic quarterback. They've got the strong defense. You know, they've got everything you need uh, to, to, to do it. And then you got, like, I dare I say it, the, the, the pump your brakes a little bit teams. You know, you got the Detroit Lions. You know, they, 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 on, on paper they look like they should be something, you know, but they, they have a tendency to shoot themselves in the foot. You know, you, we just talked about the Dallas Cowboys. You know, you don't know what you really have with Philadelphia. You know, Nick Foles now works like a world beater, but, you know, how long will that last? You know, and then you still got these other teams that we, we don't know. All of a sudden you got the, there's the Bears, there's, there's uh, Green Bay. If they get healthy, they're going to make a run. And then, oh, look, look around, here come the Giants, you know, that's won the last three ball games, you know. So, yeah, it, it's tough, but I think it's tough because you've got some tough teams that their record don't indicate, you know, what they're going to do down the stretch. It's going to be, like I said, you've got two teams that you can just mark off. And to, at, to, for me, the rest of the, of, the, of the conference is still a bloodbath. It can still go either way. Yeah, I agree with you. What's your, what are your thoughts on the NFC, D. Wills? I think Hank uh, hit this right on the on the uh, on the head. I think what I would what I'll add is that you know in the NFC you could have a situation like you had with the Ravens. You know they kind of went and then they got on this kind of streak, and and that's why I think a team like Carolina that you know has this this you know this really good defense, but they they got an offense that is hard to game plan for if it's working on all cylinders. You know, they're trying to get their running game back. They start to, you know, they look like that old Carolina that used to make the runs for, towards the championships, right? Rivera's kind of found his mojo with this team. And so they're, they're a team that you get a little nervous about. Um, and then, you know, New Orleans, I mean, I said this from the beginning, you know, when we, when we did predictions, you know, particularly if they're in a position where they're playing some games at home, you know, this is going to be a tough team because their defense, they have a defense that travels, you know. So, they're, yeah, they're 5-0 and at home, but they're also 2-2 two and two in a row, and they've had some impressive road victories. So they got a defense that travels with, with Ryan there at the helm and at a, in a way that they didn't have before. You know, you didn't quite know what you were going to get. You know, they relied on turnovers. But this defense is really kind of solid. So, you know, they they can be very dangerous because they can match up with a lot of these other teams that we see that are powerhouses. Uh, and then, you know, the NFC East should just punt, but, you know, we've got to take one of them, right? And, you know, I talked – I called Dallas from the beginning. Uh, it's ugly. <laughs> you know, they, they, my prediction, I'm hoping it comes true because I needed that one to just come true because I was – I got ridiculed uh, when I first said it. Um, but, you know, there is – you know, they're, they, they're going to kill you, get you going. The Lions, is the, they're the team that is, is interesting because on paper they got everything you need except for the neck up. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, mm-hmm. if, you, if, you think, if you look at everything else, if you just look at, 
the offense, defense, everything else. They can match up with any of these other teams. They can match up with Seattle. They can match up with the 49ers. They can do it. The only thing they don't have is from the neck up. And right. so their, their issue is leadership, as I've always said. You know, this is a team that should look a lot like Seattle with even more explosiveness. You know, when you got somebody like they have at receiver, so it's it's and they got Bush. I mean, they got they got a, a defense that can play, uh, but their problem is from the neck up. And so, but if they find it, if they they figure out, you know, they put the combination together, they could be the most dangerous team because they got some nasty people up front on defense, uh, and they got weapons on offense and a quarterback if he gets hot that can go for a run. The biggest thing is that they've never met their potential. You know what? They have they ain't never been as talented neither, you know. So yeah, yeah. I think that when you look at that, that perhaps – and, again, I think when you look at the Lions, you look at it nine games in, um, maybe they, they mature a little bit over the, over the next seven ball games. That was an impressive win at Chicago. You know, that's a game that, you know, that, that, that historically they lose that game. Okay, they, yes. they, they they tried. God knows they tried down the stretch with the yes. Super but 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 they they're pulling off games now that historically you just knew they figure out a way to blow it. Maybe they get a little bit more cerebral in the, in the next seven ball games. It would be fun to watch, but I I you know having having seen this thing as long as I've seen it, you're going to have to prove it by me. Yeah, and I I think the difference is Bush. He gives them an element that running back that allows them to make the right play in a way that they weren't able to do in the past, mm-hmm. where they just had to force the ball to the outside a lot in a way that they got other options to move the chain. And I, I think if they do it, it's because, you know, Reggie Bush becomes the poor man version of Marshall Falk. Right. right? He finds second coming, and he he creates opportunities in moments, I think that's what we saw in Chicago, that they normally would have forced it into a play that would have been an interception. Right. So I think he is that he's a key in a way that I don't think people expected him to be a key that could help them get over top. A, a weapon that not too many of these other teams, you know, other than a Philadelphia with a LaShawn McCoy, that has that kind of dynamic player. You know, they, other teams have players, but Reggie Bush, when he's on his game, there's very few people who can match him. Right, it's been it's been a, it's been a pleasant surprise so far, but it's, yeah. I, you got to take a wait and see approach with the Lions. Yeah, I'm telling yeah, you. yeah. The Lions always have that. We've seen this movie. Lions fans always have that. We've seen this movie before. <laughs> right. <laughs> they kind of reserve judgment. Like, yeah, we've seen this before. We're gonna wait. We're gonna hold down. Y'all go ahead and wave wave the towels. We're gonna wait. That's yeah, I'm right. Gonna my, I'm gonna keep my towel right here. Mm-hmm. So let's get into the six in the chamber for this week, for week 11. I'm going to update the standings real quick. Um, D. Wills last week went 5-1. Uh, and one. He hit on all games except for San Francisco over Carolina. So mm-hmm. round of applause for D. Wills. Good week, my man. Good week. Me, on the other hand, I continue to struggle with picking games. Uh, I went 3-3 three and three last week, so another 500 week. So uh, that that's what it was for me. And PhD picked up a game on D Wills. PhD went undefeated. Picked them all right. How about that? Let's give it up for PhD. He's not here today, but we're gonna give it up for him nonetheless. So let's go ahead and 
let's, let's, let's clap it up. Let's, we're going to have to clap it up for PhD. All right, let's clap it up for PhD. He did well. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So right now, the stand is here with D. Wills is still up in the lead. He's three games up on PhD. D. Wills is at 39-15. PhD is at 36-18. And, and I'm eight games back at 31-23. Hank, man, it's, it's ugly for me, man. It's ugly for me right now. I can't pick. Man, I could pick my nose right now. <laughs> <laughs> For you, oh, with a marathon and not a sprint, you could probably come back somewhere. Yeah, you know we still got we still got quite a few weeks left. You know, I, I just gotta get I just gotta get my game right, man. I gotta I'm, I'm, I gotta get my head right. I don't know what it is. All right, right. So we're gonna jump into this week's picks. The first game we got, I'm gonna start with you, D. Wills. We got Green Bay at the New York Giants. The Green Bay Packers just picked up Matt Flynn. We we said they should. <laughs> you know, he was available. He wasn't doing nothing, sitting on the couch at the crib. You know, lift the weight maybe. But uh, he went not do it. So they picked him up, bring him in to back up Scott Tolzien. Uh The quarterback situation in Green Bay has gone south real fast. Um, they're, 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 I mean, Eddie Lacy's running the ball well, but they just, they're not the same machine without Aaron Rodgers. It's just not nearly as dynamic. And when, they're, when the offense isn't that dynamic, that defense becomes really pedestrian. And so you've got a mediocre squad right now. As a whole, the team's very mediocre. They're going in to play the Giants, who, because they're in the NFC East, are still in it. Um, Andre Brown is back. He's giving them the running game that they've lacked all season. Um, he's back in the fold. They can run the ball again all of a sudden. Uh, Eli's playing a little bit better. The defense is playing a little bit better. They're 3-6 and six on a three-game win streak. They're at home. Who you got? Well, you know, I told you, you know, we, we talked about this while. You know, you knew the Giants were going to go on that run, and they, they might just fall short. But uh, I got the Giants in this one. I think, again, I think you hit it right on the head. Eli plays better when he has a running game, and, and he plays better off that play action. I think it allowed him to get a rhythm and have some security. He, he's not going to get as skittish, skittish behind there worried about his offensive line. Because they are establishing a run, I think that will help them with their passing game. Um, I just think – uh, you know, we'll see Matt Flynn, but I just think that, uh, you know, the Gi- these are the games that I think the Giants win. Um, and uh, so I-, I picked the Giants to win this one. All right. So you got the Giants. Uh, Hank, who you got? You know what, this is this one, I, I have to take the Giants at home on this one. Again, you've got Tolzien as your possible quarterback, and uh, you know, for the, for the Packers. Uh, but, the, but here's the thing. The Packers' defense has not been what we thought it would be, you know, even before Aaron Rodgers got hurt. You know, they were really not looking like themselves early in the season. You know, I think the Giants have kind of found themselves a little bit. They're at home. And I take the Giants on this one as well. All right. I'm going with the Giants, too. I think they take one more step to getting back into that race. And, you know, if the other teams in this division lose this week, the Giants are back in it, so this would be a big win for them. I'm picking the Giants mm-hmm. to take this one at home. They need it. They got a, they got the perfect situation. You got a banged up team coming in. You know, without you know probably their best receiver, Randall Cobb, without their quarterback. You know, Clay Matthews is still not 100. percent He's wearing a club on his hand. This is the the Packers are prime for the pick, and if the Giants don't win this, nail coffin each other. All right, introduce that nail to that coffin, 
and, and, and let's just let's close the case on the uh, on the Giants. Um, next game we're going to pick is San Francisco going into the Big Easy, taking on the New Orleans Saints uh, down in the Bayou. San Francisco is coming off of a tough fought loss to the Carolina Panthers. Um, the passing game is struggling again. Kaepernick hasn't been able to find that magic since that big week one game. He's been decent. He hasn't been spectacular at all. Um, the weapons in San Francisco just aren't, they're just not, not scary. Um, and then you've got New Orleans who's coming off of shellacking of Dallas, um, just, just beat the brakes off of Dallas, took him out back and just, you know, snatched a switch off a tree and just went to town. Uh, back at home, ready to keep it rolling at the top of the division. They got Carolina breathing down their neck, so they have a lot of incentives that they hold home field and win this game. Hank, I'm going to go with you first. Who do you have in this particular game? You know what? This is going to be a tough game. I, I don't I don't see uh, somebody knocking the doors off the other team because San Francisco is going to play physical. They're going to try to run the football. But I would be a fool to go against Drew Brees at home. I'm taking the Saints. All right. I got the Saints as well for all the reasons Hank just laid out. D. Will, who you got? Same thing, and uh, I, and I say more because I think New Orleans defense. You know, you know what their offense is going to do. And I just think that San Francisco's offense. You know, the receivers can't get away from anybody, and you know that's bad sign when you go up against a Ryan defense. Absolutely. So the next game we got Monday Night Football. The New England Patriots are going in and take on the Carolina Panthers and Cam Newton. Carolina's on a five-game win streak coming off a big win against San Francisco to kind of legitimize that team. Their running game is going. They got, you know, a three-headed monster in the backfield with Tolbert. They got D'Angelo Williams, Phil T's uh, favorite running back. And Jonathan Stewart is back healthy. He's looking good. He's running well. Cam also counts as a running back, um, given what he can do down at the goal line and what he can do with his legs. And then you got a defense that is just playing lights out right now. Uh, front seven. Luke Keekley is leading that group. They're playing really well. And then you got Belichick coming into town. Um, he's going to throw a whole bunch of stuff at Cam. You know he is. That's what he does. So you got Belichick coming into town. Brady hasn't been playing well. Um, I'm going to go first with this one. I got New England in an upset. Uh, going on the road and getting a victory, I think Belichick is going to have some real – He's going, to, he's going to have some real stuff on defense to try and confuse Cam. Um, I think he'll have a little bit of success stymieing that offense, that offense, and I think they'll get just enough from a, a, a rejuvenated Brady um, to, to put them over the top. This is going to be a low-scoring game, probably a game that's going to be in the teens, and it's going to be won by less than a field goal. Um, but I'm taking New England on the road. Uh, D. Wills, who you got? Yeah, this is a tough one, and I, I just, but you know, this might be one I regret. But I, I think that you know, this Carolina defense is is good, and they got the, and you can run on New England. And uh, I, I think on Monday night in Carolina, I think we see a Cam special. He's big on TV. He loves the prime time. He going up against Brady. You know, I, I think we see some Cam stuff uh, on that. I'm going with Carolina. All right, so you got Carolina. Hank, who are you taking in this one? I, I agree. You're going to see some Cam stuff. Uh, 
But as good as the Panthers are, they won 10-9 to on the road, okay? And as much as a phenom as Colin Kaepernick is, he's not Tom Brady. In a close game, which I think this is going to be, I think if you got Brady with a chance to win it and it's down to, with, with less than two minutes left in the game, I think you take those chances. I'm taking New England. All right. Now, this is the big one, Elizabeth, as my man Fred G. Sanford would say quite often on one of my favorite TV shows as a kid, Sanford and Son. This is the big one, Elizabeth. We got 9-0 and Kansas City going in on the road to play 8-1 and Denver, both in the same division. Uh, this, is a, this is the game we've been waiting on. Um, it's Kansas City for real. You know, everybody keeps asking that question. They haven't played anybody. Look, they play other teams in the NFL, all right? <laughs> everybody in the NFL yeah. is checked. So <laughs> they beat everybody on their schedule, and all, all everybody on their schedule is in the NFL. That's all that counts. So you got the Kansas City Chiefs coming in. Alex Smith is, has turned around. He and Andy Reid have turned around everything they had going on. You know, people laughed last year when they, they got those uh, – well, people scratched their heads last year when they got five guys in the Pro Bowl. Now you see that talent. And, honestly, you see what a quarterback can do. Um, you know, I got into this debate with a couple of guys on Twitter because um, they were talking about tanking in the NBA. And I said, how come nobody ever has a conversation about tanking in the NFL? You know, because in the NFL, you're guar- if, you, if you lose it, you're guaranteed the first pick. Guaranteed if you suck. In the NBA, you still got to go through a lottery process. But that's neither here nor there. And then we got to talking about, well, you know, one guy, the impact of one guy in the NBA. And I said the quarterback position is the most impactful position possibly in all the sports. You could argue that's the most impactful position in all the sports. You look at Peyton Manning, you look at the coach with Peyton Manning, you look at them the year they didn't have Peyton Manning, and then you look at the year after when they got Andrew Luck. When you got a quarterback, it's just different. Look at the Kansas City Chiefs. Last year, first pick in the draft. This year, they're 9-0. and Why? They really didn't change a whole lot. Did they? No. They went out and got a quarterback and a new coach. That's what that, that position matters a ton. It just, mat- it just makes a difference. Look at the Green Bay Packers without Aaron Rodgers. Not the same team. Not the same level of team. So Kansas City's got a quarterback. We know Denver's got a quarterback. Denver's got a high-powered offense. Uh, this one is going to fall on uh, Hank. You're going to kick us off on this one. Who you got? You know what? You're right. They both, you know, you when you talk about the high-powered quarterbacks, you can say all you want to about Peyton Manning, but pump your brakes a little bit on the Denver Broncos because they can't. there's one thing that they are struggling on this year, and that is protecting Mr. Manning, okay? He got broke up in that game last week where they, they, he left off. He had to have an MRI. He said he's going to play. I think the, the Chiefs uh, are going to put a lot of pressure on Peyton. I think they're going to control the football, and I think they are real, and I think they win this football game. All right, so you're going with the Chiefs. Yeah, I'm going with Denver. Um, just because uh, I think it's going to be a close game. In a close game at home, i got to go with Peyton. Uh, for the same reason I think you, the rationale you laid out when you talked about Brady. If I'm looking at the two guys who have a chance to win me this game, and I have to choose between Alex Smith and Peyton Manning, and that's no disrespect to Alex Smith. I think he's a very good NFL quarterback. But Peyton Manning is Peyton Manning. He's got the weapons. He's been in this position before. He's been in this spot before. And it's still the regular season, so you know he's golden. <laughs> so I'm going with Peyton Manning. Uh, D. Wills, who you got in this one? 
Well, I mean, we all know, you know, Peyton Manning is the greatest regular season quarterback of all time. Uh, Here you go. Here you go. And, um, uh, and, but I, I will say the problem is that he has an injury that people know about. And uh, in case Kansas City has a championship-style defense, these guys get after you. The one thing that they can do is, is disrupt routes. And I think the way to beat Denver is different timing, disrupt routes. They'll get after him in that way. I think it's going to be a great game. It's going to be close. Uh, but I think Kansas City, Kansas City wins this one, and they'll probably then lose in Kansas City. But I think they win, they surprise and win this one. Because everybody's saying that they they haven't played anyone. I think they're going, they they're highly motivated. How can you, you got say Kansas that City down as it is, huh? you ain't nobody. We say. I said, how can you say in the NFL, as up and down as it is every week? That you ain't played nobody. Who is nobody in the NFL? That's, 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 exactly. what, I, that's, that's what I'm saying. I don't understand. That's, that's my thing. Like I'm, I'm not in on. I'm not. I'm not picking Kansas City in this game. But I just think that whole argument is just lazy. I think it's just lazy. What you mean they ain't played nobody? Last time I checked, all of these guys are getting checks. Everybody's getting paid. <laughs> so I mean, who counts as nobody? I mean, Jacksonville still could get you. You know, they, they don't did. show up. They still get you. Right. We saw we saw Tampa Bay got him last night. Every week. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I, I I've never been I've never been a big believer in that rationale of who have you played when and when you're talking about the NFL. There's just no cupcakes. There's no cupcakes. Mm-hmm. So let's jump into our college games. Before we get into talking as we close out the show. Um, we got Washington at number 13, UCLA, going on the road. UCLA has been struggling of late a little bit to kind of find their identity. Washington is a team that was a little uh, was ranked earlier in the season that's fallen on some hard times, um, but could still pose a challenge and, and possibly present a, a potential upset um, going into uh, L.A. this weekend. So I'll start this one off. Uh, I, got, I got UCLA in this one holding the home field. I think they'll 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 hold suit and and they'll get a victory here. D. Will, who you got? I, I got UCLA as well. I think in games like this, I think that home field advantage is going to matter, and they'll find a way to squeak out a close one. All right, and Hank, who you got? I got the Bruins here. I don't even I don't even think it's going to be close. All right. So the next game we got we got Florida, the Florida Gators coming in to take on the number ten South Carolina Gamecocks. Um, D. Wills, I'm gonna let you kick this one off. Who you got? It's the old ball coach, you know, who had the best line when he played against Arkansas. He said, "I feel sorry for those Razorbacks." Brett, 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 Brett probably didn't like that one when he blew it. But South Carolina at home, uh, he playing against again. It's this whole team. I think he gets hyped about playing against Florida, and I think South Carolina finds a way to win it at home. All right, Hank, who you got in this one? Well, Florida's not who we thought they were. So, and South Carolina is, so I'm taking the Gamecocks. All right. I'm kind of going off the board on this one. I'm, I'm actually going to go with Florida. Um, I think Florida's going to going to bring it. Uh, I think they may pull an upset with South Carolina. South Carolina is, is a team that I feel is a little uh, fugazi out of this out of this tandem. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. Somebody's going to be right. Somebody's going to be wrong. That's the way it always shakes out with these picks. Hopefully, more likely, it's probably gonna be me. So y'all should pretty, y'all should feel all right on that. Because <laughs> I just, I, my luck, I, I haven't been picking them. I just haven't been. That's that's our uh, our, our six in the chamber, 
for this week. Now we're going to move into talking about the NBA. Fellas, the NBA season is going. We got a five on the black hand side edition, so I'm going to hit you with that real quick one time like this. Five, oh, five, oh, oh, on the black hand side. So we got five topics to hit, uh, talking about the NBA. The first topic we got is early surprises. The season has just got underway. You know, it came in, teams, some teams come in with a lot of expectations. Some teams, some players come in touted as potential breakouts. What are some early surprises for you, D-Wheels, so far in this early NBA season with two weeks in? Uh, you know, I, I think what's happening here in the East with some teams that we thought were going to be um, near the bottom and trying to transition and do it, you know, both Philly and Boston, um, what they're doing here early in the season, when you think about what you think about with Brooklyn and New York in that division, and particularly how Philly jumped out, you know, with, you know, uh, having a young point guard and going through that transition and the way they, you know, they, they kind of slowed down here lately. But you know, that's been impressive to kind of see these two teams that you, you were looking at this as, you know, kind of a transition year, you know, coming out here early in the gate with some other teams that you thought when you were putting together your top eight in, the, in this conference were going to be vibing for at least in that division for some. So I think, you know, seeing, you know, what we're seeing in Philadelphia is, 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 is a surprise. Um, I, I think that the other thing uh, that is, is kind of interesting out here out west is, you know, what's happening in, uh, a little bit here early on in Phoenix and thinking about where they've been, you know, because they've been just struggling for a while and, and even having some early injuries. Uh, they're, they're, they're putting some things together out there. You know, I think the ship will right over time uh, in that. But, you know, just some of these teams that you thought were going to be in these rebuilding processes, they're, they're kind of making some noise uh, uh, here. And then, you know, just old steady San Antonio, just steady. Everybody else does what they got to do. They just kind of just do their thing. You know, they just kind of – they just show up and the numbers just show up. You know, will they be there at the end? Uh, you know, we don't know. Uh, but I think there's some great stories. It's still so early to, to look at it. But I, I definitely – I like what's happening in Philly and Boston, given that we, we were looking at this as a transition year for them. Now the the team I want to talk about can we can we can can we get a moratorium in the mainstream media on talking about the New York Knicks like they suck they're bad they were gonna be yeah. bad like it didn't work whatever they were, they, the whole Carmelo Amari tandem failed failed miserably it failed miserably can we finally come to terms with that can the mainstream media finally come to terms with that and. You know, me and you have talked. Me and you have gone back and forth on Carmelo for a long time. I mean, we're going back four or five years in our Carmelo beat. Yeah. That's about where we sit on Carmelo. I wanted your Hank's opinion on Carmelo. I know where you stand. You know, I stand. We can we can revisit we can revisit where you are on Carmelo. But you know where I'm at on Carmelo. Hank, Carmelo Anthony, how do you feel? How do you feel about this guy? I don't feel nothing about him. Next, next question. <laughs> hey, he, does, he doesn't move my needle. He doesn't move the needle for me at all. I like it. I like it. See what, for all the go ahead. Go ahead. I'm going home and all this kind of stuff. He is still 
like I said, he's a selfish player that he doesn't he doesn't do anything that you know you know he, he he's a poor man, Dominique Wilkins. I mean, because think about this. I mean, all he wants to do is score. You know, um, and, and and it's got to be him getting a rock. And you're right; it doesn't work. He's not a he's he's not a team player. And with what he's done, you know, to the New York Knicks is it's criminal. You know, he had to go home. You know, he had to play there. You know, but I think you saw all you need to see from him last year. You know, another regular season. But you know, the Knicks are just as irrelevant as they've always been. So that's that's all I'll tell you all you need to know about Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, as, as as much as people talk about the Knicks, you swear they had like seventeen titles or something like that. They got one. Right. Not no. <laughs> yeah, they got they got one. They got one. They got one way back in the seventies. Way you back know, in the seventies. So, I bet you if yeah. you said Dave the Busher to any of your listeners, they'd be like, Who the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I, I'm in total agreement right there. I'm in total agreement. So, uh, D. Will, you you have you have you have a history of being a Camelo apologist. Where are you at with Melo as of today, 2013? You know, he, he kind of like you know he, he's kind of like my boy Rivers. You know, I, I tried, I tried, but he is where the ball goes to die. It doesn't move. This is where the ball goes to die, and to, and, and to the detriment of the team. And all you got to say is two and four. I mean, that's just where they're at. And you know, he, it, 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 it's it's like you know any other superstar, with, even with the players he had around, them would not be two and four. They would find a way to be somewhere up there with Philly is. You know, yeah, they got some injuries and stuff like that. But when he's that type of player, if it meant he had to go out and get 15 rebounds, you know, it's just he, he's, he's not doing what it takes to win. He's got enough talent to be better around him to be better than this, you know. Uh, and, he just, he, and he's just in part, it's leadership, right? It's leadership. And so, you know, there's nothing else to it. And you can't blame anybody else. But... It's, it's all coming out of leadership, and he just has not figured out that that means you have to set the tone on both ends of the floor. That means that the ball comes to you, you also come to you to create, not just shoot. You create easy shots. You know, learn something from Barkley. You know, yeah, Barkley did, but he created easy shots for other people. He just, it's just not happening. you think the light would come on, but it's not. So I can't apologize for him. It is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, so that, that, that transitions us into our, our second question is, who is an early disappointment? And I want to throw a name out there, um, and maybe this guy turns it around. Um, maybe he doesn't. But Kyrie Irving. Now, this is a guy who last year kind of burst on the scene and put himself in the conversation as being a superstar, right? You know, all his team did in the off season was go and get the number one pick in the draft, right? They got the number mm-hmm. one pick. They bring in Andrew Bynum, who's all right, and then they got a bunch of young guys around him who, who he can grow with. This team is struggling, though, and he's not playing well. This, to me, this, he, he needs to elevate that team, and he should be putting that team in the conversation with 
the the, the those kind of men. They should be an up and coming team like Golden State um, was last year, but I don't see that happening um, in Cleveland. Um, and I wish PhD was here because he has he has a closer look in on that scene. Being in, being in C Town, he he could he could give us a closer look on that scene. But Kyrie has disappointed me thus far this season because I was expecting him to really come out and elevate that group. And it seems like it's taking him a long time to mesh. And, man, Anthony Bennett might be the worst number four pick to Kwame Brown. <laughs> I mean, you can't get off the bench. You can't get off the bench. That may have been a mistake. Is that all, all that LeBron and Cleveland talk may have died right there. Uh, if they can't get anything more than – six to ten minutes a night out of the number one pick in the draft, um, it, yeah, that's not a good look. That's that's not a good look at all. Um, who are some disappointments? That, who's been disappointing to you thus far, Hank? You know what? The season is, is, is too early. Uh, can, can, I, can I put uh, um, um, Carmel Anthony back in there? <laughs> <laughs> you definitely can. You definitely can. <laughs> He definitely is qualified as a disappointment so far. T. Will, who you got? Uh, uh, my my guy Darren Williams, man, in Brooklyn. And I told you, you know, I've been on this. Everybody try to come in, and you know, he done got a couple coaches fired, and yeah, and, and, yeah, and, and doing yeah. this. You know, that team should be not where they are. He's just not playing at an all-star level. And somebody's got to tell me why. You know, we get on Carmelo, but everybody gets, seems to give him a pass. And yeah. and he, since since all that stuff happened out with Sloan and everything else, he just has not, in my mind, lived up to the leadership role that he needs to be living up to. And so, you know, with that team in Brooklyn, some of the changes they made, the biggest issue, he doesn't have the leadership. And, and hopefully having Paul and some of those guys will rub off. But, you know, basketball, you know, it's good having Paul and Garnett, but, you know, these cats are going to be going through injury. And basketball, it means you've got to be putting minutes in. And so it's hard for them to, to lead from the bench, right? They can listen to him, just, but, he, you know, he couldn't get along with Avery, Sloan, you know. you know, I know Ken's yeah. going to push him, but there's some problems there. He's disappointed. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I I I can agree with you on that, man. Darren Williams again, he's on notice. He's got to put up a shut up this season. Um, he's got the best squad he's gonna have. He's got a he's got a, a one and a half year window <laughs> to get something done before his team implodes, before the team expires. You know, <laughs> you're gonna open a locker room one day, and it's just gonna be a bunch of tombstones in there. Them cats are so old. <laughs> so. So thinking about just kind of where the season is going, are there any early trends that, that you have noticed um, with particular teams or, um, you know, particular players this season or just in, in, in the league in general, things that have kind of caught your eye, D-Wills? What, what, what's going on in the league that's caught your eye so far this season? Well, I, I mean, I think, you know, um, uh, part of what I, you know, there, 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 there are some things that don't ever change, right? So, you know, uh, you know, it's a game where, um, uh, where we're getting back to setting the tone on on defense. As much as we talk about scoring, some of the things when we look at 
what's happened with Indiana and some of these other teams, this emphasis on, you know, you know, creating this defensive presence. And uh, I love what's happening in Indiana, and I see, you know, people putting a little bit more, you know, it was so much a wide-open offensive game, but you're seeing people come up with these schemes around, you know, just physical and defense that I, I like to see. And, and I'm really happy, happy that Indiana is kind of leading in that fashion along with Chicago. And, and you see some of these young teams taking on some of that personality uh, coming from that light. I like the I like the idea, even though we got some 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 uh, some young guys who are struggling in their first year. You know, I, I like the the fact that we got some young guys coming on the scene and, and making their transition uh, into the into the game. And I like I like the fact that um, we got some people kind of revisiting that we haven't heard from in a while. You know, I like you know we all been talking about Minnesota for a while, and it seems like they kind of got their at least some of their health in the way, and and I like to see what they're going to do. And some of these people that we we want to get back in the game, and so I like you know I like some of the youth movement, you know some of that stuff that's coming in. I like this emphasis on you know people playing on both ends of the floor that you see to be you know setting the tone around teams like Indiana and folks like that that you see some of these young teams buying into. Uh, and I like the, I like the trend that is is almost like hip hop where where real MCs are rising to the top. And I like your, 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 the way you went back at Kyrie and we going back at, like, Carmelo, that LeBron has created something that is forcing people to really either elevate their game or be judged different historically. Some of his contemporary cats who – and you can see that they feel in that pressure. We just talked yeah. about Darren Williams. We just you – know, we talk about Carmelo. And that this is about rings. And you can see some of these young cats buying into that, 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 that this is about rings. This is about sacrifice in a way. And it's putting some of these cats who have kind of been getting some shine in some really right. compromised positions where they, 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 they street cred is, is, is being judged. Uh, right. I, you know, I like that. I like that. And that's created yeah. because of LeBron. LeBron and them have created that in a way that these other cats are starting to feel the pressure. And I like that. Yeah, and a trend that I've noticed is, is with some of these new coaches, some of these situations where you had, uh, in particular in Memphis, places like that, where you had a team that won with a certain style, oh and then you got rid of a cat, and now it just is not working. It's not the same. Yeah. Or in Denver, where they had a certain style of play that fit with their personnel, they cleared house, um, left the personnel, cleared the coaching staff out, and now you have a situation where it ain't working. It ain't working because the guy has a different system, you know, and and those situations where some people just try to be too daggone smart. You're just too smart for your own good. You're smart, dumb, all right, dumb, smart people. That's that's what we got in some of these front offices, and so that's been that's been a common thing. For, uh, Hank, you got anything that you see early in this season that, that kind of caught your eye as far as trends yes. in the league? Yes, I have. You know, it, I'm looking at some of the traditional, what you would call some of the traditional powers that just ain't ain't getting it done. You know, you look at that that train wreck that's the L.A. Lakers. You know, and what that what is that going to look at look like? You know, we talked about New York. I can't understand. You know, for the life of me, what in the Sam Hill is going on in Brooklyn? You know, this man spends all this time and money on this new arena, on this team, moving the nets over there. And, they, you know, it's like 
are we do we do we really care? Do we really care? I mean, the Brooklyn Nets are they are they any more relevant than the New Jersey Nets? And then for the and finally, what the hell the New Orleans Pelicans of all the team names you could have came up with this year? You know, I'm looking at the Pelicans. I'm thinking I'm I'm thinking it's an NCAA you know basketball uh, you know exhibition game until I realize that they're playing against like the the Timberwolves or somebody like that. You know, so. <laughs> Meet you out about this year. <laughs> Frank, uh, Hank is not a fan of the nickname Pelicans. We on record with that. Hank is not a fan. Not a fan of Pelicans. <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't get around it. Can you imagine trying to buy gear? Come on, Pelicans. Yeah. 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 They slipped on that one. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm move us into move us into closing out the show um, as we start to wind down. We got about five minutes, just under six minutes left, fellas. We gonna get into the positions digital dog of the week. So let me get this commercial going right like this. Now we're gonna get into our resistance digital dog of the week. Resistance digital solutions. Are you tired of running to the boys in blue? Are you done with listening to sales staff trying to upsell you technology that you don't need? We've all been there. So, what did the real sports guys do? We contacted Resistance Digital Solutions for all our technology needs. They are not there to meet sales quotas or make profit margins. They simply just want to sell you what you need at a fair price. From iPads to PCs to flat screens, TVs, or intricate home theater systems, they customize every solution based on your needs. Check out their website at www.resistancedigital.com or email them at sales at resistancedigital.com for your custom technology solutions today. All right, fellas. Another another day, another Tuesday night, another edition of Dogs of the Week. My man D. Wills, you know how it goes. We need more dogs. We need more dogs. Uh, my dog of the week is is really Royal Hibbert, and if you think about it, his Pacers are eight and old, and you know he does something for his team that that forces other teams to play. I mean he is lifting his presence up. He's averaged about four blocks a game, but he anchors that team in a way. And, and they've come back. You know you thought they they couldn't get better. They've gotten better, um, but he is just setting a tone for them defensively uh, that is taking them to another level. And I think he's, he, you know, he's, he doesn't get enough credit sometimes, but I think he's just that engine that's solid. It's the kind of things you know is still going to be there in, in June. Um, and I just want to recognize because sometimes, you know, he's not going to be a stat stuffer all the time. But the things that he does for that team, and they're undefeated, they're 8-0, they're looking good. Uh, you know, I, I want to make sure that we lift up Roy. Okay. All right. My man Hank. You know how you know it goes. I got a I got a couple of dogs of the week for you. My dog of the week is the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yes, you heard All me right. right. Got two teams out there that finally broke their and got got their first win, so the Lions are 0 16 and so they can pop the cork. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's 16 Lions. Y'all can, y'all can, y'all can pop champagne. Pop some champagne. 
Y'all, y'all ain't going nowhere. Y'all going to stay in the history book. Y'all going to stay in the history book for sure. My dog of the week is uh, in line with D. Wills. It is Paul George of the uh, of the Indiana Pacers. Uh, got his team out to an 8-0 record to start the season. And he's really taking that leap, man. He's really taking that mm-hmm. leap and, and put himself in position to be considered in that kind of upper echelon player in the league. Um, last year, it seemed like he was kind of out there just, you know, he, it was like he was that guy who didn't know how good he could be. Um, mm-hmm. And so he was out there just seeing what he could get done. You know, he was just trying to see what he could do. And then you, he came back this year knowing how good he could be and really asserting his will and imposing his will from game to game on on opposing players um, and opposing teams. So that's my dog of the week. He had a great week. Um, his team is undefeated. Um, and, again, in the NBA, yeah, that's hard to do because concentration goes. And when you're playing, you know, four games a week, you're going to have one stinker here or there. But they're somehow maintaining it, keeping it going. There ain't no right now. So hats off to Paul George, Roy Hibbert, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, that'll do it for this edition of The Real Sports Guys. We had, uh, I'd like to thank Hank for joining us. We'll be back next week, same time, same place. Fellas, any parting shots on the way out, on the way out the door, what you got to say, Hank, any parting shots? Yes, fellas, it's been my pleasure. It's been a long time. I had a great time tonight. Yeah, man, glad to have you. You're always invited back. Uh, We got to get you back on sometime soon. Uh, D. Will, on your way out. I want to say... Yeah, I want to say it's always good to have Hank back on, and yeah, we will we will have him back in the mix. Uh, stay tuned. Uh, we're about to remix this. All right, so check us out next week. Check out the podcast, Real Sports Guys, RealSportsGuys.com. Make sure you download that every Tuesday night, eight thirty to ten o'clock. Ninety minutes of funk with the Renegade. Check us next week. Peace. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.